right. Hi, everyone. Good day to all uh, our listeners and our, our subscribers. And we welcome you back again to the show. Um, we're just very excited uh, at this point because we're going to talk about something that a lot of people are very interested in right now. Um, we are going to talk about open education resources and, and touch on content um, curation which I think is very timely at this time of the pandemic when we are, you know, very busy. We're scrambling to prepare for our distance education. And, you know, um, beside me is one of my newest friends, actually. I've met, his name is Dr. Ferdinand Blancaflor Pitagan, and I just met him a year ago. And, you know, um, I, because we shared a lot of interest and, you know, um, we've been very, very close in terms of, well, it started with a project that we're working with a publishing company. And then, you know, when you share something, uh, share interest, uh, you continue on discussing and you strike on a very, very good friendship. And I am very happy to have him finally uh, in, in our show. <laughs> um, right even before podcasts, I was already inviting him. But, you know, things are, a lot of things are going are happening right now things are crazy but right now i feel like dr pitagan and his expertise could, should be something that is you know um shared in a lot of platform and i'm very happy that he is with us so dr ferdy pitagan welcome to empower ed podcast and empower ed tv wow thank you very much jim good morning blessed morning to all thank you very much for taking time to be with jim and with me Today, we were going to discuss open educational resource, which is a topic that is very close to my heart. Yes. yes. And, you know, just to introduce Dr. Pitagan, um, Dr. Pitagan is the Dean of the School of Education at the National Teachers College. And he leads uh, a big number of professors, instructors, and, and people inside the, the School of Education. And of course, I think this is one thing that I'm very interested uh, to know more. He has been part of UNESCO. He has led a team in UNESCO, and you know, still continues to be a consultant, not just in UNESCO, but a lot of a lot of education organizations right now. And he has been leading researches, uh, policy making, um, even training and professional development for teachers, and a lot more. Um, even to school leaders, even to school leaders, both in the basic and in the higher end, uh, in terms of policy making, in terms of policy inception, especially in open education, uh, educational resources, and even universal design, right? Yes. So, uh, uh, yes, um, uh, two years ago, I was involved with the creation of policy in terms of inclusive open educational resource. The Philippines now, two weeks ago, I think a week or two weeks ago, the Commission on Higher Education has launched the CHED Commons or the policy and also the policy on the adaptation of open educational resource. So even before my project began with UNESCO, we have a, a draft, an emerging draft of the open educational resource in Philippine adaptation by CIMEO, CHED, UPOU, uh, UP College of Education and TESDA and DepEd. But the project that I'm heading is uh, focusing on inclusive open educational resource. Uh, it means to say that 
uh, you're going to use OER, which, not, which is not only open and free, but at the same time uh, has the tenets of the universal design for learning. Say, for example, if we're going to use a PowerPoint, which is an OER, or a presentation, which is an OER, it's good. But what we want that presentation to have accommodation for learners with special needs, learners with learning disabilities. There could be closed cap captioning, there could be a braille component, there could be some you know, uh, sign language component into that corresponding OER so that everyone would be uh, inclusive or uh, inclusive in nature. That's, that's the project that uh, we are espousing, inclusive open educational resource. Uh, this project uh, was launched in the Philippines through UNESCO Paris with the backing of funding by the Hulet uh, Foundation. So we started in the Philippines, we piloted in the Philippines, and then uh, we also began work in Malaysia. And um, supposedly we would be going to Africa for the African leg of the project, but because of the pandemic, uh, we're still waiting for, for any updates. Wonderful project, Dr. Pitagan. I think that's a mm -hmm. very, you know, a global project. And, and mm -hmm. I love that it touches um, an aspect of education that we don't usually talk much in mm -hmm. the mainstream, which is inclusive education. We mm -hmm. will touch on that. Um, let's start first with the most basic question. <laughs> um, a lot of, you know, I think the buzzword really is OER, mm -mm. right? Both in depth ed, in higher ed, we now have the mm -hmm. idea of commons. Um, mm -hmm. I do remember that even in our cluster in the Jesuit schools in the Philippines, mm -hmm. we have what we call as the Magis Learning Commons. Mm -hmm. um, and all of these are, are anchored on the idea of open educational mm -hmm. resources. Could you explain mm -hmm. to us in a basic sense what OERs are and maybe give us some examples to clarify okay. these things out? Okay. OER is defined as open. When we say open, it's free, okay? Educational resources. When we talk of educational resources, uh, this encompass the whole gamut of materials uh, that our teachers and learners would use. This could be textbooks, this could be uh, research materials, this could be multimedia content. This could be audio books, podcast, podcast, etc. So it means to say that an OER is providing high quality teaching and learning materials that would allow teachers and students, even institutions, free of use, adaptation, and distribution. It means to say that an OER is free and you could easily use it for educational purposes. Say, for example, if we're going a simple PowerPoint presentation, I always go back to, to that because most of the teachers are using that. If we're going to use a visual image, we're going to go to Google and get maybe the most beautiful, enriching and um, uh, content. But are we sure that that visual is an OER? That visual is free, that, that we are not committing plagiarism or even copyright infringement. OER now is making sure that the materials that we're using for educational purposes are free. It may reside on the public domain or in uh, some type of licenses. So it's making sure 
that everyone would get free access to academic resources, maybe research journal, books, uh, softwares, or so that everyone would be inclusive, everyone would be included in the, in the educational process. So OER is also in the tenets of inclusive education, more so now that we are espousing the universal design for learning so that no one would be left behind. You just imagine uh, a good, a very, very good resource that the teacher would die just to you know, use it inside the classroom, but it is copyrighted. So the teachers would have to pay, the students would have to pay. And if you're in the public school, I think it would pose a very uh, big problem. But if it's an OER, if it's a free educational resource, then you could freely use it for academic purposes. Your students and you would have free access to that material. So that's the basic tenets of OER. And uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, um, 185 countries have shut down schools and many of them now are looking into the possibility of opening a portal for open educational resource. I think the Philippines has a, uh, uh, example, Jim, sabi mo yung example. An example of that would be the DepEd Commons. If you go to DepEd Commons, all you need to do is to log in and get resources that you want to, you know, integrate into your lesson activities. You don't need to, you know, be mindful of attribution, of licenses, of copyright, because they are free. UPOU also have a UPOU Commons where you could get materials, multimedia, videos, etc., etc., and that you could also use for, for your lessons. So OER has been in the Philippines, just that uh, because of the pandemic, we are now you know, pushing the use of, it, it, it is now highlighted as one of the mainstream solution for, for the pandemic to continue education. And I think it's a very, very good move by both DepEd and CHED to consolidate, you know, uh, materials for uh, basic education and for higher education. Because in most European countries and even in progressive countries, they have a national OER repository. Dr. Pitagan, <laughs> um, I'm very interested with what you've said about, you know, access to free education resources. And I mm -hmm. think this is what what open education resources uh, are for. Um, and when you know, you also added another layer of what it means to have an open education. Mm -hmm. I think the accessibility, mm -hmm. not just because it's free, but you know, mm -hmm. it's accessible for all kinds of learners, uh, various mm -hmm. contexts. Um, of course, right now, we're not yet fully on that um, added layer, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. inclusivity, but we are, I think we are more, I think this has been also the, the main um, the main agenda, which is to provide access in terms of mm -hmm. regardless of the socioeconomic status of, mm -hmm. of every learner. I think that's mm -hmm. the first um, kind idea of open education that we are mm -hmm. into right now. Um, very interestingly, you pointed out about free, right? Open education resources mm -hmm. are free materials. Um, how do we compare this with public domain materials and um, licensing um management or 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 like like creative commons ah 
um, uh, the difference, uh, an, an OER is an OER. It's an open educational resource. It means that it's free. It could reside in the public domain or any other uh, Creative Commons uh, licensing. So in, in open license, such as in the public domain, there's no one who would claim the ownership. So in essence, OER that are in the public domain are the purest OER because no one, no one owns it, so everyone could, could use it. But if it's, uh, uh, if it's, say, for example, in licenses of creative uh, domains, there are terms of uh, licensing and attribution. So say, for example, you heard of CCBY, CCNC. So these are the, the different types of terms in which you could use that corresponding uh, open educational resource. You could either retain the OER, reuse, revise, remix, or redistribute the corresponding resource. So OER that resides on the public domain are the purest type of OER because no one would claim copyright, no one would claim ownership, so everyone could use it. While if it's licensed by, say for example, as you say, creative domains, there should be some attribute, some forms of licenses and attribution, referencing of, of the corresponding ownership, but still, but still, the operative word here is free. Both of them are free for utilization in the educational domain. Dr. Pritagan, I think that's a wonderful clarification because, mm -hmm. you know, um, a lot of teachers are scared that they might mm -hmm. be doing a copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. But it's important to know that there are three materials. I think that's the word mm -hmm. there, operative word. There, is, there are three materials, but you just need to, you know, cite or do proper mm -hmm. attribution. And there are a mm -hmm. lot of developers who are very willing mm -hmm. to share materials. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. I think we are clarifying this because recently in the Philippines, um, copyright issues, copyright infringement on, on books, you know, we have friends in the publishing. Uh, of course, we, we love our publishing companies. We love oh. our authors. They've worked hard for this. And mm -hmm. you've written also some, some books. You've mm -hmm. written also some, some journals. And, you know, uh, while we're not saying that, you know, we want to share, but for, for copyright, with materials that have copyrights, you know, mm. we need to properly respect them because in the end, mm -hmm. those are intellectual, you know, they belong mm. to intellectual properties mm -hmm. of the developers mm -hmm. and authors. Mm -hmm. So thank you. You've done a very good clarification on that. Jimang stand po I always tell my students in all the training, whether it's in public domain or uh, creative common license, the, the sure way to do this is attribution. Uh, you need to reference whoever is the owner, whoever is, you know, the distributor of the open educational resource. This is also, you know, um, respecting what they have, you know, worked hard for and made available for everyone. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure whether it's in the public domain, there are some sort of ownership because it resides on a particular website or web page or academic institution portal. So I think at, uh, referencing should also should also be observed as well as in the creative common licenses. So parang giving due respect to the to, yeah. the to those who have worked labor hard in order to provide us with open resource.
And Dr. Pitagan, I think even in academic, in like, uh, in, in the interest of research, I mean, it, it's good to know where the idea came from, Mm-mm. even if it's free, so that we can trace. Like, if there are Mm-mm. things to be corrected, if, or if there is a discussion that needs Mm-mm. to be done, I think Mm-mm. it really boils down really to, you know, proper attribution. It's a sign of respect. And of course, in the person Mm-mm. of academic, you know, academic Mm-mm. research, academic excellence. So, wonderful thoughts. Um, now, let's bring in the idea of remote learning or distance education. Mm-mm. Why is it that when we look for distance education, it's as if they're Mm-mm. always in the same area, distance education Mm-mm. or remote learning, inclusive education, and then Mm-mm. you have OER, Mm-mm. right? Why is this so? Why is this so? The idea of remote learning, the idea of distance learning is utilization the full gamut of technology to reach everyone for inclusive education or at least to continue education during this pandemic. Um, why is this so? Because it, it, uh, OER also is in the tenets of inclusive education. Remember that before the pandemic, we are always pushing uh, the use of technology for education because we want everyone to be on board with the educational process, practices, assessment, etc., etc. And this is the same tenets as open educational resource, that everything that we do in terms of uh, integrating technology, may that technology be blended offline, online, okay, may it be the use of mass media resources. The basic tenets would always be for everyone, education for all. And this is also what OER is pushing. That is why when we talk of distance education, when we talk of of remote learning, when we talk of open and distance learning, it is the resource for that learning should always be open educational resource because this is also free and open. So you could just imagine if you're going to say, for example, offer a massive online course, a MOOC, and then the resources that you're going to use are proprietary or copyrighted. So no, maybe there would, there would be some hardship in, in the access of, of those information. So if you're going to use, I always say that this should be the first parang line of defense. <laughs> this should be the first, the priority of all the schools is to come up with their own OER portal. Okay, so teachers would need to be trained on what is OER and how to create content and in turn access, access resources and make their own OER portal. As you mentioned, the Savior also has your own OER portal, UPOU. I think uh, Diliman also has, uh, Simeo would have their own OER. Nismed would have their also OER uh, portals, uh, UPIDTC, UPDILC, they have their own the, the Salle, so Now in NTC, we're working on uh, coming up with our own NTC portal. It doesn't necessarily mean that all the, you know, the resources in that portal are uh, done by NTC faculty or NTC personnel. What we're trying to do is to create portal or to, to create OER, a collection of all OER pertinent to the programs that we are offering. Uh, we have K-12, so we are also using a lot of different commons, a lot of 
uh, PBS, a lot of MIT, uh, a lot of uh, other international OER portals. But at least if our teachers uh, were told during the OER training, we have a, an OER training in NTC where we invited most of the faculty to attend the training. This is the analysis, design, implementation, and evaluation of open educational content for teachers. Uh, at least the faculty uh, were informed that if you need resources that are free, that are open, that are OER, you go to this portal. So they don't need to, you know, to uh, go to a, a, a larger internet base, but go to that, you know, to that portal where uh, we define what the OER is and what corresponding lessons, uh, materials could be found in that corresponding uh, website. So I think all educational institutions, may it be K to 12, or higher education institutions should have their own uh, OER portal because uh, every HEI would have their niche, but they, they would have their own distinctive uh, programs. Dr. Pitagan, you mentioned about curation. Like um, mm -hmm. a lot, uh, if we want to build our portal for, for OERs, I think it's very important that um, I think the creation is a work of the community, a collaboration mm -hmm. of the community because Yes. Not, not a single person would be able to do that. And of course, you want to mm -hmm. explore a lot of resources. Um, curation. Mm -hmm. What would be, what are your tips for teachers so that, you know, I've been, I've been really telling this as we transition to distance education. <laughs> you don't, uh -oh. be a, don't be a content dumper. Uh -oh. I, I mean, like, you know, you've you will encounter them even in face-to-face -face classes. You have people mm -hmm. who would dump content, make you read articles. Mm -hmm. and then in the mm -hmm. end, in that article, you only need the abstract or the conclusion, right? Yes. So, to understand what they want to happen there. But mm -hmm. my question is right now, we don't want to be content dumpers, but mm -hmm. we want to be content curators and the best yes. curators. Um, what are your tips? Maybe three tips okay. that you can give to three our educator, or or no pressure. <laughs> what are your What are your best tips uh -uh. so that people will be able to understand what it means to curate? Okay, ako muna, I, I, I want to 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 well to give my thoughts on content because th this is um the the Philippine education has been content driven, even if we're saying it's competencies, skills, etc., etc. But right now, because of the pandemic, we really need to look into how we are delivering learning activities. Even the Department of Education has reviewed the K-12, and 60% of the competencies were, you know, subsumed, deleted, to power competencies. From around 15,000, we have now 5,000. So 60% na So ibig sabihin on talaga, there are a lot of, you know, contents, quote-unquote, that could be, you know, subsumed to other contents and to other, to other um, activities. Instead of content, I want, in the curation of OER, number one would be know your objectives, okay? Know your lesson. And knowing your lesson is knowing the competencies and knowing the learning experience that you're going to provide, okay? Yung content hindi namin natin tinatanggal. 
but what corresponding learning experience? Do you want it to be interactive? You want it to be uh, simulation? You want it to be discussion? You want it to be collaborative? You want it to be creative? So know first your learning experience. Know first your content. Know first your learning objective. Okay, so that's number one. You have to have a full grasp of what you want to do inside your online learning activities. Okay, number two, knowing your content, knowing your learning ex experience, know now the best resource that you could get in order to deliver that. Say, for example, if you're teaching language, what would be the best OER? It would be an audio material because an audio material, you know, would have the full gamut of pronunciation, diction, stress, etc., etc. If you want to teach, say, for example, body parts, what would be the, the best open educational resource? It could be people media because it's real, real life, and at the same time, it has the full gamut of your of your resource that you are needing. So number one, you have to know your objective. Number two, you have to know the most effective type of OER for that learning content, for that learning, uh, for that learning competencies. And number three, this would come, you know, the, the technical parts. You look at the audios, you look at the visuals, you could look at the transition. And more importantly, you look at the content of the material itself. It is valid, is it reliable? And you, you look at the delivery, is it effective? It is efficient? So th that's, I think, most, uh, the, the three most basic, you know, uh, curation uh, criteria that uh, every teacher should look into an open educational resource. But on the technical, you could also look at the type of licenses. Is it CCBY, CCNA? Is it, it resides on the public domain or, 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 or an OER created common portal? So yon. Kasama lahat yung technical aspects, pedagogy and instructional design, the onsa number three, or kahit number four yung instructional design. Yes. Dr. Pitagan, I'm very interested with what you've mentioned. And I, you know, I want to push this further. I think I'm, I'm very open that it's my agenda. I think whatever technology tool OER, mm. I think it's all, it should always be anchored on what we want to happen in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Whether mm -hmm. it's a, we call it an objective, a learning experience mm. outcome. Mm -hmm. I think that's the danger I, or maybe a point of improvement. Mm. That uh, in in what we see right now, I think mm -hmm. what's happening right now is you know did you do this? Do you have this? Give it mm -hmm. to us. We will curate and mm -hmm. compile them. I mean mm -hmm. like and then you categorize them and things like mm -hmm. that. I mean that helps because you have now uh, a wide wide array of of materials available. But in the end, we need to tell teachers that you don't just download this. I think yes. the consumption, the use of OERs mm -hmm. even needs to be, I know, teachers need to be trained. It's not mm -hmm. just simply passing, you know, I give this to you mm -hmm. because I, did, you, I made this. Um, mm -hmm. Quality assurance. Can you tell us something about the importance of quality assurance also? Uh, okay. Your, your quality assurance of, of OER would, would boil down to the institutional objectives. Okay. So what your institution 
uh, gave you as in terms of the quality of resources that you're going to use for your educational activities, okay? Um, yung, yung quality of the OER itself would boil down on number one, yung content, as I've mentioned. The content has to be very, very valued. It has to be very, very reliable. Uh, if you're going to use any of the OER, make sure that the teacher has perused the content himself or herself. If it's a, a video material, make sure that the teacher were able to, to go through the whole multimedia from zero to 30 minutes or to 10 minutes. Don't just say, ah, this is very good, and then you stop and then you show it. There could be some, you know some alterations along the way. So that's number one. There should be very, very valid content, very, very reliable. And I said mentioned yung design elements of it should be age appropriate. <laughs> it should be age appropriate. So if you're using it for, for kindergarten or for LM1 or LM2 or even in junior high school senior or even in HER, the, the OER itself should be uh, age appropriate. Uh, number three would be the design elements, you know, the layout and design, the use of white spaces, the use of voiceover. As I've mentioned, there could be tenants of UDL, uh, universal design for learning. Uh, and number three would be your instructional design. I think this is what you're mentioning right now. This is the most crucial, Parang you 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 create content based on the design of your instruction okay you don't every uh, evolve content in terms of a resource ibig sabihin ay may maganda akong nakitang multimedia and that multi doon ka magde-design ng course para magamit mo yung multimedia na yon hindi pwede yon kailangan you focus on you focus on your learning objectives uh -uh. Ito yung basic sila ko sabihin doon sa nag-migrate. No? If we're going to migrate to online learning, to remote learning, even to distance education, whether it's blended, we cannot simply migrate what we're doing in face-to-face -face traditional and migrate it into online learning. It will not work. Kung sa traditional, sasabihin natin, I check attendance. So pagdating ng synchronous, mag-check ka rin ng attendance. Oh, doon sa face-to-face, -face, eh, I lecture 30 minutes. Pagdating ng synchronous like this, magle-lecture din ako ng 30 minutes. ba? Eh, sa face-to-face, -face, I do graded quiz. Pagdating sa online, you do also graded quiz. It will not work. Remember that our students, they are tech-savvy, they are media-savvy. Eh, nilagay mo sila sa, sa computer, sa harap ng tablets, or any monitor. And you want them just to sit and watch you? For one hour, it will not work. So I think and it's the same with open educational resource. You really have to deliberately integrate it into your lesson activities. Open na nga siya. So there are a wealth of available resources across different levels, across different subjects. But the teachers would have to have that, you know, that uh, wealth of knowledge how how to harness the power of OER in the most effective way para you heighten learning. The presence of 
of games, game-based learning, the presence of, say, for example, Kahoot or, or some other free app for game-based learning, they would guarantee interaction. They would guarantee engagement. But would they guarantee learning? They buy, it could serve as a distraction. They buy, that's why an OER needs to be processed. If it's game-based, after every game in Kahoot, after they are very excited and bata, you get the leaderboard, but you get to discuss before you proceed to question number two. You get to discuss why this is the answer to that question and why the others are not the answer. And then you solicit also feedback. Before you proceed to question number two, you process the, you process the resource. All right. Wonderful. And I love that I was supposed to ask you about your thoughts on distance education and maybe your tips right now, but you've already <laughs> gone uh, to that part. And thank you so uh -oh. much. I think I would really, really agree with you. Um, the main idea is, and I think we're doing these things for the first time, but mm -hmm. what we want to do is that we be open, we be flexible. That's what we're telling ourselves. Mm -hmm to whatever kind of new learnings that we have right now. So um, on behalf of every listener and viewer that we are, we have right now and continue to have, thank you, Dr. Pitagan. I think this has been a very wonderful introduction. It's not just any introduction anymore because you also shared uh, based on your experiences and expertise, what it means to curate, what are the things that we need to understand and remember when we're do uh, creating or even consuming um, using open education resources. So thank you so much. I think this has been a very well-packed discussion. Mm -hmm. and, and again, thank you. And we hope to have you in one of our live sessions in, on Facebook and YouTube. So thank you so much, Dr. Thank Pitana. you also. Thank you also, Jim, for having me uh, this morning. And I hope that uh, our listeners have, uh, you know, listeners and viewers. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, listeners and viewers would uh, have to uh, learn a thing or two about uh, open educational resource. And I hope all of you would you know, promulgate the use of OER in Philippine education. All right. And that's coming from our dear Dr. Pitagan. Uh, again, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Pitagan. We continue to pray for everyone's safety yes. and good health at this time of the pandemic. Amen, amen, amen. amen. We keep yes, everyone yes. in our hearts. We remember you. We keep you in our thoughts also. So take care, and we hope to see you in our next episode. And don't forget to subscribe and tune in to our weekly Empower Ed sessions on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you. Ingat, ingat, ingat.